every battle, to every heartbreak, to every circumstance. And I believe that you are my fortress, oh, you are my portion, oh, you are my hiding place. And I believe that you are the way. Protector, you are the one I love, and I believe you are the way, the truth, the
Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the First Baptist Church of Waldorf. I'm excited to do this because you know when you are here, you are. That's right. And it is so awesome to be with family today, especially as we are kicking off the Christmas season in our, in our church. You can see we've got our, our Christmas tree set up. We are ready to rock and roll here for this Christmas season. We've got a lot going on. We're very excited. Uh, first, right off the bat, we've got our Christmas boxes. Uh, it's something that, that we want you guys to be a part of. It's something you can sign up for. Uh, you, can, you can register online or you can call the church office. Operators are standing by, but if they're busy, feel free to check online and give right away. It's something you can be a part of. They laughed way more at first service for that past. I'm just, where are you? Wait, where'd he go? There he is. That's the guy I was looking for. He's been moving all over this place, I tell you. Once he's not preaching anymore, he's just all over the place. Um, you know, that's something great that you guys can be a part of is sign up to adopt a box and you can give it to a family in need or, or find out a way that you can serve or be a part of that process. Uh, check the church office, check the website, a lot of cool things to be a part of. And with that, we are also kicking off the Christmas season for every, sum, every Sunday. We're going to have something cool happening. Starting next Sunday, we're going to have our children's our children's performance, They're the Christmas musical for the kids. We are very excited. They've been working super hard. A lot of cool things happening. You do not want to miss that. That's going to be next Sunday at 6 p.m. Uh, come on out for that. And then following, stick around. We are going to have food because it's Baptist. It's what we do. And then the following Sunday, we're going to have the adult Christmas cantata. That's going to be amazing. That's also going to be at 6. Come out for that. Stick around. There's going to be food because we're Baptist. It's what we do. Uh, and then the following Sunday after that, we're going to have the family Christmas party. That's a lot of singing and games and fun stuff. And come out for that. You don't want to miss it. Food will be provided because we're Baptist. It's what we do. And then you'll also find that we've got uh, the Christmas Eve service. We've got two options at 2 and 5. You want to come out for one of those if you can. Uh, there will not be food provided because we have to draw the line somewhere. Uh, but you want to come out for that, so, so be on the lookout. And if you have any other questions, feel free to just call the church office, check the church website, uh, stay connected with the church to find out what we're doing throughout the Christmas season. A lot of great things happening in the life of our church. But right now, I want to pray over this service as we continue on. Uh, Father God, we just thank you for what you are doing in the life of this church. I thank you that uh, we can come separate, but ultimately come together as one family once we come through these doors and just give everything we have over to you through worship and praise. And I pray that as we continue on in this time, uh, that you just uh, pour out your presence over this place and that we can turn it back into praise and that we move forward in your favor, God. Uh, we thank you for all that you are doing, and uh, we just pray that we just give it all over to you. We love you and pray for these things in your son's name. Amen.
Lord, the light of your love is shining in the midst of the dark. Is shining, Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us. Set us free by the truth. You now bring us shine on me.
counting your status as nothing. The king of all kings came to serve. And washing my feet, a covering me with your love. Did more you need to pass on me. I take everything. Yes, all of you is all of me. Take
church family. Raise your hand if you're already ready for the cold to be gone. A few of us. Okay. All right. I know. Don't tell me it just started. I know. It has. Um, so now is the time I want to share with you the time long ago that I got to go snorkeling in Hawaii. Right? You already feeling the warmth? So went to the North Shore and got there to the beach I uh, found the, the company, the snorkeling company, family-owned, uh, more than 30 years, multiple generations were working uh, the, the snorkeling excursion that you could be part of. And they trained us how to breathe through the snorkel, make sure your mask is right. The equipment was awesome. You know what I mean? Like, you know you have to spit inside the little mask thing so it doesn't fog up. It's really gross. Um, but they, they trained us, they got us all set, the equipment looked good, and we worked on our breathing, and I'm a mouth breather anyway, so that works in my favor. Uh, flippers, whatever those are called, worked. Uh, it was a great, it was just a great story, so I just wanted to share that with you guys. Uh, turn with me to John chapter 5, verse 13. Now, did I miss something? When I talked about Hawaii, didn't you want the beautiful water? the clearness of the water, that you could see all the fish around your feet. Uh, we saw an octopus way out, way out. It was far enough away, right? In that story, I didn't share with you the beauty of Hawaii, did I? Who cares about snorkeling? You can snorkel anywhere. Um, I wouldn't want to do it here in Maryland anywhere, but... Okay, <laughs> but the, the thing is, I gave you all the details, all the equipment, all the stuff in that story... And which is important, right? I can't snorkel without all the equipment, but I didn't share with you the beauty of Hawaii. I didn't share with you the experience, um, just falling in love with that part of the, the world. Uh, we're going to take a look at this continued monologue with Jesus, and he's confronted by the Jewish leaders, and he's having to kind of defend himself. You know why? Because they miss it. They miss the point. Um, he's already done a couple of signs. He's done his ministry. Uh, they see it through scripture. They got so bogged down into the nitty-gritty of the details, they did not see Jesus in front of them. Um, and just like my story with Hawaii, who cares about all the detail stuff? Now, those are important, 
but it's wanting to see. And Jesus is like, I need you to see who I am. Uh, I need you to know that I am God. I'm the son of God, and this I have come to give life and to be light, and they just weren't getting it. Uh, so read with me John 5, verses 30 to 47. We're going to finish off chapter 5 today. It says, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you. For you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another, and yet do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe in his writings, how will you believe my words? So Jesus now is having this conversation with Jewish leaders, and we understand it's kind of this courtroom setting. He's having to defend himself in what's going on with the evidence before him. Uh, the Jewish leaders weren't happy uh, that he had healed the invalid by the pool of Bethesda in the, on the Sabbath, and then not only that, the blasphemous statement that he was equal with God. Uh, last week we saw was the first part of Jesus' monologue, and he was proclaiming his authority. He was pro- proclaiming his authority as God, uh, this relationship with the Father, and even over judging all the men, uh, or all people, at the resurrection. And thank you, David. David did awesome last week. Uh, So we continue on in the end of this chapter, this monologue of Jesus having to defend himself. And the purpose for this text is to prove beyond any doubt that Jesus claims who he says he is and that those claims are true and valid. Uh, And so we have this monologue, this time where Jesus is like, look, if you're not going to believe me, I need to give you some witnesses. Um, And he did this because Jewish law required different witnesses more than just oneself. In fact, verse 31, Jesus says, if I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. Now, he's not saying he's not telling the truth. He's saying, I can tell you the truth all day, but I'm going to back up what I'm saying with witnesses. Turn with me, if you want, to Deuteronomy 19, verses 15 through 19. 
And here is the law that's requiring if you present anyone, if you come to court, you've got to bring different witnesses uh, to support your claim. And so that's what Jesus is doing. Deuteronomy 19, verses 15 through 19, says, A single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime or for any wrong in connection with any offense that he has committed. Only on the evidence of two witnesses or of three witnesses shall a charge be established. If a malicious witness arises to accuse a person of wrongdoing, then both parties to the dispute shall appear before the Lord, before the priests and the judges who are in office in those days. The judges shall inquire diligently, and if the witness is a false witness and has accused his brother falsely, then you shall do to him as he had meant to do to his brother. So shall you purge the evil from your midst. Aren't you glad we don't have that in American court system? That if you come and bear false witness, you get the punishment that you were going after um, the accused. But So here's Jewish law requiring multiple witnesses. Jesus knows this, and so he's ready. Um, and so we're going to take a look at these next set of verses going through the end of the chapter and seeing these witnesses. The first will be the father, the main witness, uh, okay, God himself. And Jesus as God is, is the source of the other witnesses. And those other witnesses are John the Baptist, uh, the works that Jesus has done, and then the scripture as the word of God. So all these come from God. And then we're going to see even the importance of Moses uh, in the Old Testament. So taking a look at the father, the father and son are one. Uh, verse 37, and the father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. So we know that this testimony is going to be true. First uh, John 5, 9 even says, if we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For the testimony of God is this, that he has testified concerning his son. And he's going to testify concerning the son because all that the father uh, desires and wishes to be done, the son is going to do. Uh, we saw that back in verse 19 of 5, chapter 5. That truly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something that he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in the same way. So we know these, the source of these witnesses are going to be solid. They come from the Father. Uh, Jesus is God. So we know that, that what we're about to hear is true. Now we know that. Um, but there are going to be those who literally and totally miss the point. So John the Baptist as a witness. We see in verse 33, Jesus says, You have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. And we've seen this testimony throughout the book of John so far of John the Baptist, uh, that he came as, a voice, uh, came as a voice crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. And you have the Jewish leaders come to him, so you're the Messiah? He goes, no, I'm not the Messiah. He keeps pointing others to Jesus. Uh, he bore witness to the truth of Jesus, saying, I baptize with water, but among you stands one, who you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. 
And then even as Jesus and John the Baptist crossed paths, he says, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So we know the testimony of John the Baptist. We know that he speaks truth. He was sent by God. Uh, And this testimony from John the Baptist is his personal testimony. Here's, he's seen God at work in his life. Uh, He's pointing others to Jesus and what he has done and in his message. And so he had this personal testimony to share. So that's pretty solid, a pretty good witness, right? We've got some outside source. Uh, Granted, he was sent by God. Uh, But Jesus continues on in verse 36. He said, I have testimony weightier than that of John. So got John the Baptist's testimony, but let me give you even more. For the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I am doing, testify that the Father has sent me. So his works, his miracles, these signs that Jesus has done are giving testimony to what he has done. And there is truth to the fact that actions speak louder than words. You can tell me all day some bit of information about yourself, but unless I actually see it in action, I may or may not believe that. But when I see it in your life, when I see it in action, now that confirms and gives even more weight to your testimony and what you're saying. Uh, if I'm a juror nowadays, especially with these, all of the smartphones, I want some, some pictures. I want some video evidence of what happened. That's going to help solidify the facts, back up the facts, and be a solid testimony. Now, I'm so glad there wasn't devices like that back when I was growing up. Um, not that I did anything too crazy, but I did some stupid stuff, and I'm glad there's no evidence anywhere. So be careful what you do nowadays, because it can be caught on tape. Um, But Jesus is saying, look, you're not going to believe my words. Look at what I've done. Uh, Let my actions speak louder than what I have shared with you. Even Nicodemus recognized that the works of Jesus, uh, when he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So even Nicodemus, who was doubting a lot, knew that there was something about Jesus because of what he has done. And we see the purpose of Jesus, these signs, these miracles, was not just to meet the immediate need. When he changed water to wine, it wasn't just to make the wedding party a little bit better that day. Uh, When he decided to heal the official son or the invalid by the pool of Bethesda, it wasn't just to give those people, you know, a better life. No, what were they? They were signs. They were signs pointing to something beyond that sign. And that was the glory of Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as God, as Messiah. Uh, And so all these things that Jesus has done had purpose. They were pointing to what he was about to do and what he was going to do uh, as Messiah. And these signs were done to point to something beyond the sign. John 10, verses 24 and 25, and we'll get this, get down there in a few days, weeks, whatever. Um, Here are some Jews that were like, oh, Jesus, I like what you're saying to me, but give us more. Uh, John 10, 24 says, so the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you were the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. So we're even going to see down the road that there are still those who 
hear the words of Jesus, but need more. And Jesus gives them more, and they still don't believe. Uh, and we've had some that already have not believed. So Jesus is still at work, and what's amazing is he's still at work today. Uh, we see his work now, even for us, in our benefit, in our believing of who Jesus is as the Son of God, as Messiah. So we've got John the Baptist, we've got these, these signs that Jesus has done, which are awesome, okay? Enough for me, I think. But Jesus continues on talking about the Scripture. If you're not going to believe my words, if you're not going to believe these signs I'm doing, the testimony of John the Baptist, then go back in Scripture. Uh, all that you have studied your whole life as Jewish leaders, um, take a look because I'm there. It says in 37, verse 37, And the Father who sent me has, has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you. For you do not believe the one he sent. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. So he's like, you're even looking in scripture for eternal life. And it's there, but you're missing it. Uh, and how does the scripture, how does scripture bear witness to Jesus? And we see that all the way through scripture. Uh, starting in Genesis 3, just after Adam and Eve fell into sin, God promised that the seed of woman would crush the serpent's head. We already have these signs. We have uh, these, these, uh, these uh, scriptures that point to who Jesus is and the coming of Jesus. We're, we have Christmas. I was about to say Christmas is on the way, but you know, we already have the tree of John's house is decked out. I know a bunch of, the, of you have already set up. But we have Christmas, and we look through the, the classic Christmas passages of some of these signs and prophecies of Christ the Messiah coming. In Isaiah, he would be born to a virgin. We see in Micah that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. We see in 2 Samuel that he would come from the line of the king of King David. There are hundreds of these prophecies that Christ came to fulfill all throughout Scripture that we see. And then we have the New Testament. Our, our, we do to, to show and prove all that Jesus has done and said, uh, the very word of God bears witness to Christ. Uh, the same scripture that we use today. Uh, there's evidence of Christ all throughout this entire book. So we have John the Baptist and his testimony. We have the signs and works that Christ has done, the work that he continues to do. Uh, we have scripture and God's word, but yet verse 40 says what? Jesus says, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Uh, they, you're missing the point. I'm here right in front of you, but yet you've gotten so bogged down on your religion. You've got so bogged down on the nuts and bolts of Scripture. You're, you're so caught up in whatever sin is in your life that you're missing me right in front of you, your Messiah. And yet, despite of all the testimony, the sufficient evidence, the clear evidence, Jesus is speaking, the Jews just don't believe. Uh, and there simply are those who won't believe, even though Jesus is standing right in front of them. And Jesus goes on, says, I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. And there's the key, that they're, they're missing 
this relationship with God. They're missing this love from God and that they are completely blind to. Um, and it's going on in verse 43. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe since you accept glory from one another, but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? But you do not think I will accuse you before the Father? Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? So they still don't believe. And Jesus has lined all of this up, including Moses, bringing Moses in, because they've read the scriptures, uh, they've read about Moses, his writings, they put hope in him. Um, but yet they have doubt even in that. And if they do have put so much hope in who Moses is, it's in the law. Um, it's in the law, and they're missing the point that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth through Jesus Christ. Um, knowing that Jesus does not need to, to, or they don't need to be accused by Jesus, he's saying, going to Moses and looking at the law, you're being accused already. But yet here's Moses that has been proclaiming Jesus all throughout. Uh, back in John 1, we remember that when Philip found Nathanael, he said to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So they were even familiar. They saw. They saw who Jesus was and saw that even through Moses, there was point, they were, the scripture was continuing to point to Jesus as Messiah. They all had all the witnesses they needed, but missed the point. Um, and I want us to be cautious of that. There are those in this room who have never fully understood Jesus as, as Messiah and Savior. There are some of us that get bogged down in the nuts and bolts, and we miss uh, keeping our eyes just focused on him. I hope all of you enjoyed a great piece of pie this last week. I won't ask for hands, okay? But when you received a slice of pie on a plate, okay, nice amount of pumpkin pie with a dollop or two or three of whipped cream, okay, that's some good pumpkin pie. But how many of you sat there and thought, well, what's the breakdown of the recipe? Uh, what's the chemical, you know, breakdown of the crust? And is the whipped cream fluffy enough? What's the consistency and density of the pumpkin? No. What did you guys do? Take a big old bite, right? You, you enjoyed the pie for what it was. Uh, you didn't sit there and get all bogged down and miss the point. Um, if you get out to Hawaii someday or somewhere, some of you have gone on vacations, you get a nice Airbnb looking out over the ocean or a lake or wherever you enjoy being, you don't walk into the house and say, well, you know, the foundation is, is solid. I like the paint scheme inside the house. Uh, you know, the, what company did the, are the windows made from? You know, is it really durable? No, you're enjoying the scenery. You're enjoying why you showed up for vacation. Um, we are in a situation, Jesus is in a situation that, that he is right in front of them. Uh, they have access to the Messiah, direct access, and they're missing the point. Um, now, not all come to Jesus, and we know that. 
not all, and you could have the most faithful attenders to church, scripture memory, all of that, and there's still going to be those who won't see. Uh, and we need, and we need to understand that. But we have a great message, don't we? We have a great testimony to share. So what about us? Let me ask us this. Is there enough evidence to prove who Jesus is in our life? In our life. Like I said, there might be some in this room who don't understand uh, or don't see clearly Jesus as Messiah. They have questions. Please come and talk to one of us. Uh, Let us share with you what it means to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I understand that, that there are those of us who are like, yeah, Pastor Randy, I believe my faith is solid. That's amazing. And I want us to be there. Because if you haven't missed the point, if we believe that Jesus is God and has given us light, is light in our life, and he is truly Lord, then our lives should be radically changed. Um, from death, we have, we have moved from death to life. We have moved from the darkness to light. And guess what? Just like John the Baptist, we have a testimony, don't we? We have something that God has done in our life. God has used us to proclaim his glory to others, whether it's by word or by deed or something. We have an opportunity to minister to others. Uh, we also have the work of Jesus in our life. Okay? Salvation alone is the work of Christ Jesus. Uh, he is still at work today. If we, if we have the salvation of Christ as Lord and our Messiah, we have this, this amazing work that Christ has saved us by his shed blood for the forgiveness of sins that we have eternal life. And he is continuing to work in us. Ephesians 2.10 says we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So the work of Christ, these signs, when is the last time that you looked intentionally for Jesus and seen him at work? because he's there. And we need to open our eyes and look and pursue. And then we have the same scripture that, that we get to use uh, that testified to Jesus. Do we rely on that same scripture the same way? Are we digging into the word and continuing to grow in our faith, continuing to, to grow in the depth of our belief of who Jesus is? Because in all these things, there should be enough evidence and our life to prove who Jesus is. And with that, we have an amazing opportunity to give him all praise, honor, and glory in our worship, in our life. We have the opportunity to share the love of Jesus who, to those who desperately need him. Uh, we see these, these people who had Jesus in front of them not know and accept him as, as Messiah and Savior. We have the same opportunity to share the same Jesus with those in our world those at work, those at school, wherever, to be a testimony, to help to shine this light of Christ in us for those around us. Let's be careful not to miss the point, because sometimes we get bogged down. Sometimes life overwhelms us, and our head is down, and we forget to look to Jesus. We forget to keep our eyes focused on him, and for us to know why we're doing what we're doing, it's because of what Christ has done in our life. And it is because of him and him alone. Not religion, not, not all the exercises that we do in our faith. Those are important. We need those. But we've got to keep our eyes focused on Jesus so we're not missing. We're not missing opportunities to serve and love others 
We're not missing opportunities to glorify him in our life. Please pray with me as we go into this time of invitation. And please, if you don't, if you're not 100% sure what it means to, to believe in Jesus as Savior and Lord, come and talk to me. Come and talk to one of us. Seek someone out after service. Uh, but maybe there's a situation in your life that, that you've just bogged down. And you're, it's hard to see Jesus. Uh, life can get overwhelming where it's hard to see clearly Christ and right in front of us. And he's there. And let's continue to worship and glorify him in all things. Father, I thank you for this morning as we continue to work through uh, your word that it is so clear, the picture of Jesus. It is so clear, Jesus, that we see him clearly. Uh, we see him, we love him, we adore him. Father, I pray that you continue to, to work on us, continue to mold us and make us, continue to readjust our lives and our, our eyes for us to see Jesus more clearly. I uh, thank you for the grace and the mercy that we desperately need, uh, that you truly continue to be glorified in all that we do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. the refuge I run to. You are the fire that leads me through the night. I'll follow you anywhere. There's a million reasons to trust you. Nothing to fear for you. I'll Follow you anywhere. 